Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Is liberty everywhere? Apparently, no, it's not. So when we look around, or at least I would hope that you would agree that when we look around, we don't really see liberty. <laughs> we, we see people that are dead in trespasses and sins, and we see people that are in bondage to that sin. And that is why we preach to them. That is why we go and bring them the glorious gospel of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's mostly people that are dead in their sins. So when we read that verse, verse 17, and where the spirit of the Lord is, the spirit of the Lord, it is somewhere. We know that because it tells us. And by reading that, if the spirit of the Lord is somewhere, you know what we also know? It is not somewhere else. <laughs> it's in you if you're saved. If you're not saved, it's not in you. <laughs> But God's not everywhere because when we look out, he's not in, he is not dwelling in unbelievers. If he was, we kind of wouldn't really make sense for us to do what we do. Uh, look at Acts chapter number 17. Acts 17. Spirit of the Lord is somewhere. It sure is. It's just not everywhere. Doesn't make God any less God. It's just we're so used to tradition or theology or I, I don't even really know the right word, but we just need to make sure that what we say lines up with the word of God and we try to do our best at least to divide it that way. Acts 17 verse 24. Acts 17, verse 24, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. So when we read that verse, we can very easily read it and understand that there's some temples that God doesn't dwell in. Is it simple enough? I mean, it's pretty clear. Neither is worshipped with men's hands. As though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. God's temples, so he does dwell in temples. Let's let's look at just a few. Uh, go to Hebrews chapter number 12. Flip forward a few books and you will come to get past Titus by Lehman and you'll come to. The 12th chapter of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 12. God doesn't, God isn't everywhere, but we can't say God isn't anywhere because he is in places. He's just not everywhere. And he, and he tells us that in his word. Hebrews 12, verse 23. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn. 
that should be a close running for a church name. <laughs> they really call you a cult if you name it that. What's the name of your church? The General Assembly and Church of the Firstborn. <laughs> call one of those, you know, newscasts to get get out of here. We got to see what these folks are doing. Which are written in heaven and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. We preached on that verse a while back. But God, you know where God dwells? God's dwelling place is in heaven. We know he's there. We know he's there. And there are spirits of just men, the Bible says, made perfect, and they're before his throne in his dwelling place in heaven. We know God dwells there. Uh, one of God's, you could say, temples, Genesis chapter one. You don't have to turn there, um, but God, uh, his creation and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. We have a clear, visible, completely understandable testimony of who God is by his created work. Anybody can look out and know that there is a God. We can see the goodness of God. We can see the power of God. We can see the creative hand of God clearly in his creation. Do you know the most, what's the Bible verse that we use to compel others to go out and witness with us? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In the Great Commission, we have the doctrine of creation right there. A creature is a created being. God tells us we're not preaching creation to get them saved. He's saying, go out and preach to my creation, those created beings that I made. And those created beings that I made in my image can look out and have enough light and enough truth. And that's without any gospel witness. So how do those people get saved in the jungles of Mongolia? They might not have this. Which is why we're, we want to be stronger on missions. Because... People in other countries don't have what we have, but they have light from God. And yes, we need to bring the gospel there. Yes, we need to get a gospel witness there. But they can look up and know there's a God. And God's going to hold them accountable for the truth that he has revealed to them. And God's creation, we can see. His hand in that. His dwelling in that. Heaven, we can see it. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. God dwells in heaven. We see his, his handiwork and his dwelling in creation. Beautiful testimony of who he is. 
Ephesians chapter number four. Bible says God dwells in his in his church. Ephesians chapter number four, verse number four. There is one body. Except there's more than one of us here. Well, you all know it's we're part of Christ's body and one spirit. That means if you come up with something that isn't in the Bible, or if I come up with something that isn't in the Bible, or somebody over here comes up with something that, that isn't in the Bible, and we say, well, the Spirit's just been speaking to me. A Spirit's been speaking to you, but it's not the one Spirit. We all have the one Spirit. As believers, that's where God dwells, in His church, the body of Christ. Even as you're called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all, and guess what? And in you all. Praise God for that. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you go down to Father Tom's pub and you can you can get filled with spirits? Evil spirits. That's why they have on the sign, uh, you know, beer and, and, and wine and, and spirits, it says. It says spirits. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's liquor, hard, strong drink that they've intoxicated. They've made it so strong that when you drink it and consume it, you're full of the devil. <laughs> Devilment comes out. Why do people do what they do when they're on alcohol and drugs? It's not the Holy Spirit. It's an evil spirit. I was driving this week. I don't remember what day it is because the days just run together. But there was a man walking in the street, out of the street, on the sidewalk, off the sidewalk. I seen him twice because I had to go by. The, I came to the church house twice that one day. and. Um, you could, by looking at this man, you can clearly see that he was on something. Just wigged out. You could see his eyes just wigged out on something. That's not the one spirit. It's not the one spirit. But he dwells in his church and he dwells, lastly, in believers. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. So when we read Acts chapter 17, verse number 24, and it said, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. We know there are some places that God doesn't dwell, but we clearly and evidently see from the Bible, there are some places he does dwell and we should praise God that we get to be a part of that. Praise his holy name. Matthew 7, we'll get two truths in one verse. Matthew chapter number 7. It's a good verse. Matthew chapter 7. We'll start reading at verse number 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. 
He that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? There's this new, um, this is, I can't pass up this. There's a beautiful rabbit trail to go down. There's this new, anytime you see somebody call themselves an apostle, just get ready for a mess. (laughs) There's this new, uh, I don't know what you would call a female apostle, but she's, she's one. And she draws a crowd. And these people come and, you know, you, you, you get all these hits on YouTube because it's just so outlandish. It's not truth. It's just people like outlandish stuff. She draws this crowd. Somebody comes out from the crowd. You've all seen it before. It's just masked in somebody else now, the devil's using. And she's calling, you know, devils and demons and spirits and all this out of these people. And I'm thinking to myself as I'm watching it, obviously it's staged. And number two, the second thing that pops into my mind it's obvious that all the people that are there aren't staged. So she's influencing people that, well, it's in town. There's this big ruckus. Let's go check out what's going on. You see why it's so important to stay in the Bible? Where is the only place that people could, what does the Bible say that the church is? The pillar and ground of truth. There's got to be a place where people can come where they can get truth. And there has to be a place that people can go out of where they can get truth. Because there's so much misinformation. There's so much falsehood out there that people get deceived. You know what the best, you know who makes the best fighters? The best boxers? The best in any type of fight, fighting art? Those that have the best feints, the best setups, the best where they make you think one thing and then it's like, man, I got to see that I just got, I can't believe, I can't believe he got me with that can't believe it. I know that move. What happened? He deceived you. He deceived me into thinking he was going to throw a left jab and you got hit with a right hook. You don't know what jabs and hooks are. It's a punch. <laughs> but you, you make the person. Nobody likes to be deceived at all. And that's what we have happening here. And in thy name, done many wonderful works. And the Benny Hens and all these guys that are raking in millions of dollars are going to have to answer to God. Not the IRS. You think that's bad? They're going to have to answer to God. And they're going to do it in Jesus' name because they all use Jesus. All of them, every single one of them. My wife and I were watching a documentary last night about 
Jehovah Witness. And I was just shocked. You know how hurtful it is to just shun somebody, just ostracize them, have nothing. Now, we went through this. It's just, they've got Jesus. It's just not the Jesus of the Bible. It's always in Jesus' name, except it's not for Jesus. We've got to make sure we're in the Bible and best we know how, try to get really tuned into what God wants. Then he says, here's the verse I wanted to get to. Verse number 23, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, truth number one, and then depart from me, ye that work iniquity. We talked a little bit about this before. God is telling you he doesn't know something in this verse, and God is telling you he isn't everywhere in the same verse. You've got both truths right there. I never knew you. That means God has the power to be able to limit his knowledge. One of the most heartbreaking things is for a Christian mom, a Christian dad, Christian parents to watch their children grow up in church and then just go out in the world. It's one of the most heartbreaking things that someone would have to deal with here on earth. I'm sure there's probably about a top 10 list, but I would say that ranks up there for Christians as, as a heartbreak. It's almost as if they, they're saying, I never knew you. I don't want what you have. Except they really can't get away from the truth that they've learned. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. And that training, it sticks with you. You might not want to follow it. You might not want to obey with it. Obey it. You may have walked away from it. But it's going to be really, 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 really hard for you to just forget all that. Apparently here in this verse, God has the ability to say, you know what? Depart. For, uh, he says, I never knew you. But he did know them. Now he doesn't know them. I think one of the most horrible things for people being in hell is. They're going to realize God don't even know who they are. Right now, the Holy Spirit of God is wooing and drawing and wants men and women to come to him. And this lost and dying world can fight against that. Get this God out of here. Get it out of the school. Get it out of the public library. Just get, 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 I don't want to have this conversation. I don't want to see those signs. I don't want to read that stuff. I don't want to talk to you. Get them out of here. There's going to come a day if they don't trust Christ, God's not even going to know who they are. It's horrible. It's a horrible feeling. If you're not saved, you do not want to step out into eternity. Knowing that God will never know your name. He will never know who you are. Get to know him today. Get to know him now. He died on the cross for your sins. He was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. 
And this is a whosoever gospel. That means anybody, no matter your past, no matter what you've done, it doesn't matter how wicked you think you are, God paid for your sins. And he is willing to save you. And he can do it because he said he would and he's not a liar. And then he says, depart from me. Well, if God is everywhere, why would he say depart from me? Because if he says depart from me, you go, well, if God, because he's not everywhere. He said, depart from me. You're not going to end up where he is. You're going to end up where he's not. That's why he says depart. That's Matthew 7, 23. Let's look at Luke 17. Mark Luke 17. Luke chapter 17, verse, where do we want to start? Let's start at verse 20. And Luke 17, 20, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, he's answering the Pharisees here. The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. You know what the Pharisees wanted? They wanted a kingdom. They wanted a reigning king of that kingdom that they could observe. Isn't it nice to live in a nice town and you have all the, all the amenities that you want and need and God told them because they're always they're always thinking visible observation earthly that's the Pharisee look at what I do look at what my law is I'm doing right and you're not they weren't doing right because they love Jesus because they love God they were doing right because they wanted to show everybody else they were doing wrong that was their heart motive so God tells them in this verse he <laughs> he says the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they so is at the end of verse 21. Behold, for the kingdom of God is within you. In other words, you don't need a temporal kingdom being ruled by a temporal king. You need something not seen with eyes of observation. You need something within. In other words, you don't need a reigning king out there. You need a reigning king in here. And that's what he's trying to get him to see. And that's where I dwell. <laughs> and if you want to dwell with the Lord Jesus Christ, <coughs> trust him as your savior and he will have a dwelling place. His Holy Spirit will have a dwelling place. Until then, he ain't dwelling in you. <laughs> we can enjoy the all of a beautiful kingdom. Tragic, the tragic kingdom. Looks beautiful. Magic kingdom. Except with God, it's not magic. He really will do what he said he would do. He will dwell in you. And the most important decision that you can make here on earth right now is to figure out where you stand with the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you told a little itty bitty white lie. The Bible says all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. But I've only told a little lie. I know. So you're going to burn for it. 
I didn't write it. I'm reporting what the book says. That's called a book report. The Bible also says, in, uh, John, uh, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you get in the truth, now you're not a liar anymore because you have Jesus Christ as your advocate. He is the truth. Truth shall make you free. You'll be free from the bondage of sin, but there's only one way, and it's through the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross of Calvary for you. The Jesus of the Bible said, everything else has to go. Everything in the kingdom has to go. And it's only me. I am the only way, no other way. He suffered, died, buried, rose again three days and three nights later. And he extends his free gift of salvation. To whosoever would believe all you need to do is call the name of the Lord repent of what you've been trusting in and you've been trusting in something because we all have and put all of your all of your faith all of your trust in the meritorious work of a savior that can save that's why he came that's why he came Jesus Christ offers something better You ever have your mind go bonkers? I don't know how people live without Jesus. How are you going to bring every thought into obedience, into captivity to Christ? How are you going to do that if you don't have Christ? You're not. (laughs) You're going to be, you're going to be loopy. Yeah. Your kids are laughing. You have a hard time doing it with when your parents are on you. Hey, don't do this. Don't do that. You know, sometimes we have a hard enough time doing it. Our boss says, hey, you know, get, get along. All this. Jesus Christ. The only way. Only way. Make your mind right. All right. Let's look at a few more. We'll, we'll, we'll close out. Go to Romans 14. Uh, this would be. Where am I? Right, Romans. Romans chapter number 14. All right, see if you can stay with me on this. See if you agree with this or not. Romans chapter number 14. The Bible says, for the kingdom of God, what we talked about was within the last verse. We're going to piggyback off that. Is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So where does our peace and joy come from? The Holy Ghost. Now, when we get saved, yes, we have joy. Yes, we have peace. Why? Because Christ saved us and our life was a mess. We didn't have peace. We bring the gospel of peace, right? Uh, But I don't believe that's the context of what's being said here, because look at what it says in the whole context of the verse when it starts off. Verse number one, him that is weak faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputation. And then it goes on, for one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. And so we see the context, you've got a weak brother. And then as you keep reading, you look at this, verse 5. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Every man may be fully persuaded in his own line. So there's Pete, there's weak brothers. 
And it's a thing about food. And now you've got other folks. They're hung up on days. Well, this day is special. This day is special. No matter what it's a day. And you go through all of this mess, these problems that are going on here. And then you get down to verse number 17, and it says, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. I really believe it's talking about, I mean, this it's believers. How are you and I going to get along with somebody that comes in and says, well, we only eat the Daniel diet. We only eat vegetables. We only eat this. We don't eat processed foods because the devil had his hand in it and there's chemicals and it's going to make. And you're thinking to yourself, <laughs> rise, Peter, kill and eat. Like, we'll just, what's, the, what's the difference? Okay. We can kill each other over that. Or. Is that the peace and joy in the Holy Ghost that we're able to get along with others that see food different? Than Maybe they're way off on it. Maybe they're weak in the faith. And they just believe something that getting along with people that don't see everything exactly the way you see it or everything exactly the way I see it. How in the world does that happen? God is dwelling within you. He can give you the joy and peace to be able to do it. We're talking about food, people. We're talking about one day in December, people. <laughs> We're talking about one day in October, people. We're talking about, come on, how do you get along with all that? Joy and peace. It was given to you and I. By God. You've got a lost friend or neighbor. You've got a lost uh, co-worker. Give them a gospel track on salvation. Send them a sermon on salvation. Don't send them one of the sermons that's really, or tracks, I call them tracks for lost people, because lost people, or I'm sorry, tracks for Christian people, because Christians have no idea how to live anymore, that you need tracks for them. They're already saved, but they have no idea what they're doing. There's a difference. There's a difference when you and I are talking to someone that is lost and dead in trespasses and sins, than someone that's saved. So we need to how do we get along with a weak brother or sister? How do we get along with the someone that's in, into esteeming days or not esteeming days? Verse 7 wants to ask you, look at this. Verse 7, for none of us liveth to himself and no man dieth to himself. Whether we live, we live on the Lord. Whether we die, we die on the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. What's more important? You win in the argument on the day or you win in the argument on the meat? And this kind of stuff gets people out of fellowship. This kind of stuff breaks churches up. This kind of mess 
God doesn't dwell everywhere. He told us that. But he dwells in you if you are saved. And he dwells in me if I'm saved. And where he dwells, he expects us to tap into that dwelling. Get along. You got, we got a major doctrinal issue or something. That's different. I'm not talking about that. Because Romans 14 isn't talking about that. <laughs> Romans 14 is talking about food and days. <laughs> We need to keep that in mind. All right, John 15, we'll hurry. John 15 and Ephesians 2. <clears throat> John chapter number 15. And Ephesians chapter number 2. John 15 and Ephesians 2. John 15, verse number four, the Bible says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. Now that's really easy to understand because we've cut down a good bit of trees on our property, chainsaw and a variety of other cutting tools which are rather fun to work with and you know you take the branch off it's it it's gonna drop wither away no life you tap in the holy spirit that dwells in you yes god isn't everywhere but where he is tap into it yield to that and you see this abiding all through john 15 uh, verse 5, abide in me. Verse 6, if a man abide not in me. Uh, verse 7, twice, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Uh, verse 10, we see it, you shall abide in my love. At the end of the verse, and abide in his love. That's This is the abiding chapter. And you know where God is? In you. <laughs> we know the places that he's not. Let's tap into where he is. Right? <coughs> Ephesians 2. <laughs> Ephesians 2, verse 21, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Now, you know I do this all the time, but I do it on purpose. One, to make sure you're in the Bible. Two, to see if you can catch my mistakes. And three, I do it to draw an emphasis on the fact that I purposely left something out because you're not going to grow in the Lord or you're not going to grow and I'm not going to grow unto a holy temple unless it's in the Lord. Once the Lord is out, we're done. <laughs> and that's why it's so important to make sure we study the Bible, try to believe the Bible just the best that we can. Because in Laodicean Christianity, you know what you have by and large across this nation? Jesus Christ on the outside, knocking on the door saying, hey, when are you going to let me in? Because he's not abiding there. He's not dwelling there. The whole thing is turned into a circus and they call it church. And he's not there. 
and God helping me and God helping you. We do not want to turn into a social club where Jesus Christ is outside the door knocking. We want him in, dwelling in the one spirit, the one body, and in the church. That's how we will grow. I want to grow. And I'm telling you, I grew the most in my life when I started, one, studying the Bible and getting under some good teaching and good preaching. I want to grow. And I still feel like I, I want to just, I want another B12 shot, like every day. I just want to grow more. I want my roots to go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Young people, you want your roots to go deep. Because the deeper your roots go, what do you think? I'm going to be up here with dentures preaching? <laughs> you know, my teeth are falling out. My hair is falling out. My, my, my voice has left me. And I don't know if it's Monday or Sunday. Someone's going to have to come and take over. The, you, you're going to get some mileage out of that. I know. That's okay. I can take it. All right, last verse, and then we'll be done. Revelation chapter 19. I don't know. Johanna doesn't know whether to laugh or cry on some of these jokes. All right, Revelation 19. We only have one omniverse in the whole Bible. We're going to look at it now. Uh, Revelation chapter 19. Is the omnipresent? Well, he's not everywhere. Is he omniscient? We saw that he doesn't know everything. But here's the omniverse that I wanted to look at. Revelation 19, verse 6. And I, six, and I heard, as it were, Revelation 19, 6. The voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Omni, all, potent, powerful. You know what we have? An all-powerful God. It doesn't dwell everywhere, but he dwells in us, in his church. We can see him in his creation, and we can see, we know from the Bible, in his dwelling place in heaven. His power is unmatched. He's all-powerful. He can and he will overcome all enemies. Just like Revelation 19. And he will reign as the omnipotent Lord God. And he's so powerful. He's all powerful. He's omnipotent. That he has chosen to limit his knowledge. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.